Ogumbawale for the win. Hello and welcome to Lockdown Women's Basketball. I'm your host, Howard Magdal, reminding you that you can follow us on Lockdown WVV. Thank you for making Lockdown Women's Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. Lockdown Women's Basketball is brought to you by Built Bar. This is the time of year that a lot of people give up on their New Year's resolutions. You don't have to. If you like candy bars, because Built Bar is here. Have you tried the puffs? If you haven't, you are missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. That's right. The future is here and it's got protein infused marshmallows. Other stuff too. Let's ignore that because it's got protein infused marshmallows. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy. Forget about the rest of the future. The future of Built Bar is here. That's what's exciting. Not just a protein bar. They're a treat. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. 130 calories. 4 grams net carbs. 17 grams of protein. Go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and get 15% off your order. That's right, promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off at Built.com. And tell them Grandma Myrna sent you. I'm here to share with you the conversation, and they're always interesting, with Kia Nurse, who re-signed her deal with the Phoenix Mercury, re-signed with the Mercury. She's back. But she said something to me in the midst of it that I thought was really interesting. And I just wanted to break down a little bit. Tia Nurse said, and it was just sort of a matter of fact, that, well, we won free agency, we being the Phoenix Mercury. So I thought, all right, let's take a look. And I think we need to start with Nurse herself. She's going to miss some of the 2022 season. She got injured late in the year. You'll hear in the interview, you know, she understands, look, this is the worst time to get hurt, right, as you're hitting free agency. But I'm not sure people fully understand just how valuable Kia Nurse is, and I think it's important that we keep it in mind. Kia Nurse was absolutely a key contributor for the New York Liberty the moment she arrived. 2018, Liberty, a team in transition. Tia Nurse was an important two-way player. In 2019, she made an all-star game. But her trajectory has changed. It's been different. She's playing through stuff in 2020. She only played 21 games. You know, it's almost a full season. But again, it just from a sample size perspective, is concerning. And she had just a weird year. She shot 27.3% from the field. This has been a pretty efficient scorer throughout her career. 23.8 from three. And that was even with a late season surge. 
So the Liberty moved on. They moved her to Phoenix. Well, she gained back just about everything she lost in 2021. In her all-star season, she shot 35.3% from three. In 2021, she shot, that's right, 35.3% from three. Effective field goal range, effective field goal percentage rather, virtually identical. She passes the ball very well, off the ball. She defends extremely well. She's a terrific help defender. It's funny, I asked her about what makes a good defensive player? And her answer was help defender. Well, she certainly qualifies. But bringing her back and having her down the stretch and into the postseason is going to matter. So, too, is Tia Nurse's former teammate here in New York, Tina Charles. <laughs> Tina Charles last year, she shot five threes a game. She'd never done that before. How many former MVPs, Olympians, changed their game fundamentally? Well, that's what Tina's done repeatedly. And she shot 36.5% on five threes a game last year. She was a true inside-outside force. She was virtually a double-double. 23.4 points per game. That was her career high. 9.6 rebounds per game. You know, a, a steal and a block every time out. She lifted that Washington team virtually into the playoffs. It was dealing with so many injuries. If you go by player efficiency rating, which is a flawed stat, but still a useful catch-all stat, she just had the best year of her career, 24.9 PER. In 2012, when she won the MVP, she was at 23.3. She's always been a good passer, and she continued to be. Assist percentage of 14.3%. She's a star. She's a number one option. She's not a number one option in Phoenix. She's on a team with Brittany Griner. She's on a team with Skylar Diggins-Smith. She's on a team with, you may have heard of her, Diana Taurasi. She's what, fourth option? Tia Nurse is your fifth option? Maybe. Depends how you define it. You could call Brianna Turner, who made real strides last year at the offensive end and remains one of the best defenders in the league. This team is stacked. This is an insanely stacked Phoenix Mercury team. And they brought back Sophie Cunningham. Sophie Cunningham's, you know, just a player you bring off the bench who can win a playoff game by herself, who shot... 41% from three last year. Energy, high intensity, Sophie Cunningham. This Phoenix Mercury team, and there are a lot of them. I'm not giving them the championship. You can't give anybody the championship any more than you can give it to Cheryl Reeve simply because she took a team that already had a ton of talent on hand and added Angel McCautry to the mix, the championship. You can't give it... I will say this. There are people who are very down on L.A. You can't give it to L.A., but I also think people are underestimating what the potential is of a team that includes Liz Cambage at the five 
Kennedy Carter at the one, and the returning players, you know, fortunately Neko Wumake, reigning, you know, a former MVP in her own right. That is a very dangerous sports team. I want to see how Liz Cambage plays defense with Latricia Trammell coaching her on the defensive side. I want to see what Kennedy Carter does turned loose to run that L.A. offense. L.A.'s intriguing to me. They've got, could that blow up? Absolutely that could blow up for reasons that we've talked about in the past and I'm sure we'll talk about in the future. But that could really succeed too. And then, you, you know, you look at Connecticut who kept it all together, who brings back John Paul Jones on a multi-year deal. You look at Las Vegas. The parts seem to fit better around Asia Wilson now. You look at the defending champs in Chicago. We'll wait. We'll see what Vanderquids decides to do collectively or individually. But certainly they're bringing back a lot of their talent. I love bringing in Kaiser. That's an interesting second chance opportunity there. It's just, there's effectively, to my mind, 10 playoff teams right now. Clearly, 10 playoff teams. And there are eight playoff slots. You know, Atlanta's in the midst of a rebuild. Indiana's in the midst of a rebuild. Okay. There's not another team you could say isn't or shouldn't be going for it. Period. I love what New York's done. Steph Dolson is what they need. My colleague Jackie Powell at the Nets talked about this. They've now got a front line that makes sense. With Dolson at the five... And you operate with Natasha Howard out of the four, which is where where Howard ought to be playing. You bring back a healthy Sabrina. That's a fascinating team. Rebecca Allen, I still think she'd make an all-star team before she's done. But did Phoenix win free agency? Think about all the teams I just talked about there. Probably. Probably. This is a fascinating Phoenix team. Oh, we didn't even talk about Seattle. Keeping it together one more year. We've got Brianna Stewart conversation to have down the line. Because Brianna Stewart is very much in Seattle for 2022. And gave us no indication this week when we talked to her that she's in Seattle beyond 2022. She didn't rule it out. But she sure didn't rule it in. As done. So... That one-year deal very much is a one-year deal. Watch this space. But Phoenix? Hmm. Listen, don't take my word for it. Talk to Tia Nurse. Let's hear what she had to say. Cannot wait for this season. Please, let it be opening day tomorrow. I'm Howard Magdal, and you're listening to Locked on Women's Basketball. All right, guys, we're going to go ahead and get started here with Kia. If you do have a question for Kia, go ahead and hit the raise hand feature at the bottom of the screen. We'll get you unmuted and called on. <clears throat> and we'll go ahead and start here with Alex Simon, followed by Howard Megdow. Hi, Kia. Hope Recording everybody- in progress. Um, 
with your rehab, kind of if you could just give kind of a status update as to where you're at and kind of how confident you were very confident when we talked right before the surgery at exit interviews about being able to play at some point in 2022 and just kind of to give the status update of where you're at now and how you're feeling going yeah. into the season. Um, everything's going really well. I had a checkup with the surgeon a couple of days ago and we were exactly where we're supposed to be. Um, everything has been um, pretty tip top. I've had a, way more good days than I've had bad days of rehab. And so, uh, yeah, it's when I went down and I had a conversation with the surgeon originally, um, you know, we talked about it and a long time ago, they weren't able to fix this. And then it was, you know, a year recovery. And now as things have continued to um, grow and technologies continue to grow, the recovery's gotten um, a little bit shorter than that. And so, uh, yeah, still looking like we're going to be able to play this season. And as long as everything continues to uh, go in the direction that we're going so far. To have this happen right before you were going to hit free agency for the first time, I can't imagine the timing could be any worse in that regard. How do you feel like that impacted kind of what your options might have been in free agency? And did that kind of, you think, play a factor into what you made the decision to do to come back to Phoenix for the one year? Yeah, I mean, my uh, initial kind of process of uh, free agency was going to be a lot based on, you know, what we were going to be able to do in Phoenix. And um, I obviously have a very big comfort level with the training staff here and Derek and Hannah. And then my surgeon, Dr. Leah Brown, is also um, local here. So I have a really good comfort level with them. And right now my priority is being able to get my knee right to get it back on the court. And um, so that was a, a big part of my free agency. I definitely think it was probably the worst timing in the world uh, for this to happen. And so... Um, it definitely, I think, made me seem more like a risk to a lot of teams, um, which is, you know, it's tough as a player, uh, knowing that I put as much as I could out in my first uh, four years in the league. And um, this is something that's obviously super uncontrollable. Um, but I'm I'm grateful that, you know, Phoenix was always very um, open about wanting me to come back. And uh, they're a great supportive uh, organization. Uh, I love the fan base. I love being here. And so um, it's definitely part of you know, the tough part of free agency is coming in injured and uh, people not knowing when you're going to play or how you're going to come back. But I think here um, with the Mercury, they all knew how hard I work and, and how hard I come into rehab every single day, the same way I would come into practice or game days. And so um, there's a lot of faith that I'd be able to be back at some point during the season. And so, hey, <clears throat> you know, you get to take what you get to take. And so I'm happy to be back. This is where I wanted to be. And last one for me, obviously, just in the last time we've talked, a brand new coach has come in, the roster's changed quite a bit but to especially bring in the players you did just if you had any comment on your new coach but also the other players that you guys have brought aboard at this point and kind of what your feeling is about where you guys are at as a team coming into this year well I'm super excited about all of the uh the news that we have coming in obviously we've got a really solid kind of base um and core and vet core and leadership core and so I think when you're allowing yourself to bring in um you know a new coach and, and new players that are as talented as we've uh been able to bring and I think it's always really exciting there's always going to be a little bit of a learning curve just getting used to one another but I think it'll be pretty quick for us and it should be a really good season I'm really excited about it thanks Kim all right next up we're going to have Howard Bagdow followed by Hayden Silly hey Kia great to chat with you as always um <laughs> got got a couple you know to start with just you know, to be going through this rehab, you know, from free agency perspective, obviously it's a difficult time, but being able to, in a lot of ways, do the bulk of it around the off season, just wondering if you think that has been useful for your state of mind and, uh, you know, being close to the game uh, with your broadcast uh, opportunities, but at the same time, knowing that this is coming in a few months. 
Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, you know, I would say for sure being in the off season, um, I think mentally is probably better just because I don't have to sit and watch games or sit and watch practice, which, um, you know, like you said, I am very much around the game still. I do, you know, Raptors games in person at home. And um, so it's, it's, they're still having that understanding of, you know, you get that basketball feel, you get that in the, the gym kind of feel. Um, but I think it's definitely been really helpful to just be home. Uh, I spent the first two months of rehab after surgery here in Phoenix. And really, I have some family here, but it was really just me and my boyfriend. And so um, it's nice to be back in Canada around, you know, my parents and my siblings and my nephews. Me and my boyfriend. Oh, my God. Sorry. I'm so happy. Hi. How are you? How are you? What are you doing? Media. Ah, whatever. <laughs> we are very happy, though. Don't let her Um but it's been definitely great to be home and, and be around uh, my family members as I'm going through this and have a good team at home that works alongside the team uh, here on the training side. And so um, it definitely makes a difference. It's being able to talk basketball too and do the Raptor stuff. It helps kind of just continue to see the game and continue to learn and basically I'm like watching film, but from different teams. And so that's fun too. And then in terms of your shooting efficiency, there was a real return to what you uh, were putting up over the first couple of years of your career. I just wonder, you know, just when you look back at what you put up in 2021, does that feel like a, more of a baseline for you? Does it feel like a place that you can jump off of? Uh, was it just being able to get better open looks, you know, given the team surrounding you? I'm just curious how you see that now that you're able to reflect on it. I mean, I think uh, I shot the ball a lot better. Um, and it was really just probably a little bit of a change of my footwork. Uh, we went back and kind of looked at a couple of things that I, I was doing. Uh, and so a lot of it is just, if you think the ball's going in that most of the time to shoot it, it's going in. And so uh, I think I just have my confidence in my shot again, knowing that um, I don't need a whole lot of time and space to get it off. And so it's uh, something I definitely can continue to build on something. I want to continue to build on the consistency of it all. Um, it was nice. To, I started back on the court shooting a little bit uh, stationary stuff yesterday, and it was like riding a bike. So uh, hopefully that's going to continue to to feel that way as we uh, continue to progress through the or continue this rehab process. But it was nice to see it go in the rim uh, a little bit more. And so that's what I can do. I can do that on a consistent basis. I just have to remember to do it sometimes. And then the last one for me is just about your alma mater. Uh, there were a lot of people who wrote them off early in the season. Uh, you know, to see them, you know, even with Paige not back yet, have a big win like they did over Tennessee. Why do you think people are so quick to write off a team that hasn't missed the Final Four since 2007, I think? Um, I will say when I was there, if we didn't win a game by 40, if we won by 20 or won by 30, it wasn't good enough. So uh, people tend to have uh, really high expectations for UConn, deservingly so, obviously, uh, over the years. And the, the program that Coach Ariema and, and Coach Daly have built, um, that leads to those expectations. And so they have definitely hit as hard of an injury bug as you possibly can. And so they're continuing to find ways um, to win and, and find ways to learn. I think sometimes for a lot of, of teams, if you lose one or two games um, and you're a UConn, it's like the end of the world. You lose five or six games and other teams, it's just like whatever. So, um, you know, I think uh, people are going to write them off. But the cool thing is even if they're not a one seed going into that NCAA tournament, they're a dangerous seed wherever they are because, that's a, a winning program right there, and they've got some talented players. Thanks, Gia. Nice. Right, next up, we have Hayden Silly, followed by Paul Richardson. Hi, Kia. Uh, just want to thank you for joining us this morning. Uh, I just want to ask you about your rehab process. I mean, it's you know, coming off an ACL. You know, it's a it's a rigorous injury. So I just want to ask. What has been the biggest takeaway for you in terms of your recovery? Like, what have you learned the most? 
Um, rehab sucked. Um, honestly, I think when I first went down, a lot of the conversations and a lot of the, the advice that I got was um, really helpful from a number of different people. Um, but it's, you know, rehab is not fun in any way, shape or form. And so it's just something that's hard every single day, something that you have to grind through. Um, and so it's okay to understand that it's okay that there's going to be good days and there's bad days. And so I've kind of learned how to work through whatever kind of day comes my way. Um, you know, you wake up in the morning and your knee can be feeling, my knees felt really good for weeks. Um, there could be one day where it just doesn't feel good, um, but it'll flip back. So it's just, I think the biggest thing I've learned is that nothing is permanent. Everything is temporary. And so, um, the days where it feels like I probably couldn't do something as simple as just getting up and down, uh, out of bed after surgery. Now that's like the easiest thing for me to do in the world. And so it's just remembering that for that one moment, something's going to suck or it might not be easy to do, but eventually you'll, you'll get back to yourself and stuff. And with a long process like this, it's good to remember that. Thank you. And next, we're going to go to Paul Richardson, followed by Chris. Hey, Kim. Uh, thanks for taking the time. Good to see you. Good to hear the rehab's going well. Thank you. Um, quick ones for you. One, can you talk first about the mercury and how they don't just rest? You look at the additions they added this year to the team, and you got to a team that got to the finals. And how easy it would have been to say, okay, well, we got to the finals, but they're still improving. Could you just first talk to about the organization, how they keep moving forward? Yeah, well, I think there's a good understanding here in this organization, especially that uh, as we continue to go year by year, you have to continue to get better in a number of different ways. And so I think we did a good job of obviously the free agency. In my opinion, I thought we won free agency. Um, and just making moves that were going to be really good for our team and filling in some needs maybe that we probably didn't have. Um, but continuing to understand that it's it's hard to get to the finals, it's hard to be successful and have a, a winning year. And so if we want to keep doing that, if we want to get back to the finals, we want to win a championship, um, it's not easy and it's it's not guaranteed every single year. So you want to continue to get better. And I think our organization really understands that. And it starts with, you know, our leadership, um, our veteran players who continue every single day to come in here and get better and, and understand that them they, they themselves have things that they can improve on. And they push us all every single day to do that as well. And then after playing last year, you know, with, with, I guess, the quote-unquote big three, if we want to call it that, what, what did you learn from playing with them and your comfort level and how to be able to get your game in and mesh with theirs? Yeah, I mean, I think I, I did the best that I could last year of just trying to come in here and just fit as, as seamlessly as possible. And, um, you know, I think I did a pretty good job of that. And, and we were able to kind of gel pretty quickly on the court. I think the biggest thing that you learn from them is just work ethic and, and what it takes both on and off the court every single day to come in and be um, a pro and to come in and, and be successful on the court. And so we, you know, me personally, I had the opportunity to, to shoot with all of them, to do pre-practice stuff, post-practice stuff, be in the weight room. And so just having those conversations, seeing how hard they work, seeing all of the things that go into staying at the level that they're at, that was probably the biggest learning thing for me. Hey, cool. Thanks for the time and continue getting better. Thank you. Next up, we have Chris, followed by uh, Sabrina Merchant. Hey, what's up, kid? Good to talk to you. Um, congrats on the new deal, first of all. Thank you. Um, they, we wanted to know, um, do you think it will be difficult to mesh with so many strong personalities on the team this year? I think every team's got personalities, whether they want to admit it or not. <laughs> we have good personalities, in my opinion. Um, but no, I mean, I think every single year, whether it's, you know, new players coming in, you just have to learn how to mesh with each other on the court. And so even coming in last year, 
Um, the strengths of the players that were here are very different than the strengths of the players that I played with in New York. And so being able to find my places in the offense where I could be successful or I could help the team, um, that's going to be the same thing that we have to deal with here, just in terms of um, understanding, you know, what's the, the best offensive play? What are we looking for in this situation? Um, and I think, you know, Sky said it best, iron sharpens iron. You got a bunch of people who are competitive and they're hardworking and they want to be great. It just continues to push each and every one of you every day. If you can make practices harder than the games, then you're pretty much golden from there. That's what's up. Good luck this year. Thank you. All right, next up, we have Sabrina Merchant with SB Nation. Hey, Kia. Um, a little off topic from the Mercury, I guess. I was watching your cousin at the Olympics this week. Um, and I had no idea you had such an athletically gifted family. Um, but what is that environment, you know, growing up with all of your cousins and siblings who have been in athletics and like watching Sarah in the Olympics? Like, what does that do for your environment as you go through this rehab and just continue to make yourself better? Yeah, I mean, it's great. Um, so obviously to be able to grow up in an, an athletic family, I think the best thing about it was just no matter what situation you were in growing up or coming up through, you know, the transition to college or the transition to the pros, there's always somebody to call because somebody's kind of been through that situation. And so you can bounce ideas off of them as to, you know, how to face some adversity, how to get over certain things. And so um, that's always really helpful. It's something that I'm very proud of. It's great to watch Sarah right now succeeding on the, uh, the Olympic stage again. And so that makes me really proud to watch her. I get to watch my brother some days, um, you know, they get to watch me. And so, um, it's been fun growing up in that situation. Everybody thinks it's like super cool. I'm like, we don't talk about sports. You know, we're a pretty normal family. We just sit around the dinner table and ask what's going on in people's lives. And sports is always kind of like the secondary for us. Uh, but we just happen to be pretty good at them. But I mean, like, uh, have you been able to share any Olympic tips, I guess? Like, you know, being in that bubble in Tokyo and what Sarah's going through now in Beijing? Yeah, they're a little bit different, obviously. Um, summer and, and winter Olympics and just... Um, the contingencies of the, the national teams, the, the different kind of rules around it. Um, but I mean that we've kind of talked a little bit here and there. They do kind of like a six month training camp before the Olympics, which is absolutely wild. Um, for us, we do like a month. And so, um, there's a lot of differences that we can kind of talk about and, and compare within our teams. But, um, you know, just here and there, we're just more supporting one another. Um, and then if I need them, everybody checks in on my rehab here and there. And so if I need anything, if I need to set up a new team, if I need to find, um, you know, certain, technologies back home to help with my rehab there's always somebody who's like connected to someone who knows someone who gets on that technology and so that's kind of been really helpful um especially going through this stuff right now thanks all right we have time for a couple more next up we have dominic francois followed by alex hey kia how's it going uh, first time writer here a little nervous but uh the question i had for you was um we know you had the big Mercury had the big additions with um, Charles and DeShields, also re-signing you, um, Cunningham, and Petty. I just wanted you to talk a little bit about what you're looking uh, forward to most this, most this season. Obviously, it's getting back on the court and playing. And also, um, how good can this team actually be? Yeah, I mean, I think sky's the limit for this team. Um, you know, I think... If you look at the talent that we have, the ability to, to score, the ability to defend, the basketball IQ that comes along with just having experience in this game and having experience at a number of different levels, whether it's WNBA or internationally. And so um, I think this team can be really, really good and really hard to guard. Um, you know, if you think of it from the perspective of other teams and they're trying to write a scouting report, what is it that you're trying to give up to our team? Um, there's not a whole lot that you want to give up to us. And so um, I think things like that are going to make us 
really difficult to play against every single night. Um, and, you know, I'm just looking forward to continuing to grow as a player, continuing to learn um, and continuing to compete every single day. And then, you know, hopefully getting back on the court um, when my uh, timeline says I can do so. Thank you. Of course. All right, we're going to go back over to Alex Simon to wrap us up. And then actually, uh, Howard, if you do have a question, we have time for one more after uh, Alex as well. Yeah, Kia, just one quick one since we had a party crasher on this media session here. Uh, how often how often have you been able to see either players from the Mercury in particular, but even just having other people in the organization playing basketball? Has that been helpful through this process too? Yeah, I mean, the, when I was here for my first two months after uh, surgery, I saw pretty much Sky be every single day because uh, we were all just here. And so uh, being able to to come in and just, you know, chat with each other and, and just have conversations and um, sometimes take my mind off of probably the rehab that we were doing at that time. That was probably painful. Um, you know, that was really good. But it's always great to, to see the girls and that, to sit down and have conversations, see what's going on in their lives, um, and continue to see them train as hard as they do. And so um, it's pretty cool in this facility uh, because we have the Suns here as well. And so for my first couple months here, I had like a thousand cheerleaders because all the coaches would walk by and they would be like, how you doing today? Check in on me. Um, and so the, the commodity that we have between the two teams is really awesome. And so it's great. I was uh, back in the facility today for the first time when everybody else was kind of in here and um, all the guys were saying hi and checking in and stuff. So it's, it's really awesome to, to have that and to kind of have that feeling of uh, a ton of cheerleaders who are just uh, hoping that you do well and hoping to see you succeed. Awesome. Thank you. Nice. All right. And now we're going to wrap up with Howard McDowell. Appreciate it. I, this is more of a, a big picture one for you, Key. I just – you're a former National Defensive Player of the Year. And so I asked that by framework of now that you're one of us, now that you're in the media, I'm just wondering how you go about measuring defense for players that you see. Are there particular metrics you uh, think are more useful than others? Is it a question of film? It's a big challenge for those of us who are trying to measure it, and I'm just wondering how you do it. Uh, it depends. I'm, uh, I try not to be super picky on the rafters when I'm sitting in the studio, uh, but there are some things that I do go after a little bit harder than others. And so, um, you know, for me, some players are really good at film and being able to look at their positioning and look at the positioning of other players, um, and understanding, you know, what will help them be successful. A lot of it is taking away a opposing player's, um, strengths and their tendencies. Um, but what I look at a lot is, you know, I tend to look, I spend a lot of time in the Raptors game. So I look at a guy like OG Ananobi, who's technically a really good defender for this Raptors team. He's not stats driven, um, not always on the defensive end as well. He'll give you steals, but his positioning off the ball is big for me. So if I can see him helping and making plays that you need your mind to make, um, just in terms of outside defense and whatnot, um, that helps his other defenders around him. So that's kind of like my big metric is, are you helping your teammates? Can your teammates get up and put ball pressure on someone and possibly get beat knowing that you're going to be behind them to help? Um, you know, that's what I look at for a lot of these guys that I'm watching in the NBA to see how do they make those plays? How do they make smart plays to assist their team in making sure that they get the defensive stops? It's not always about, um, you know, stats. It's probably more about what I do. What I do is not always about stats either. I try to impact the game in a number of different ways. And so that's how I'm looking at a lot of these NBA games now that I'm watching and trying to make sure those guys get props for what they're doing as well. Really interesting. Thank you. Thanks. All right, Kia, thanks for the time. Thanks, everyone, for joining. We will have this week.